1: This is Gilbert Gottfried, and this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast with my co-host Frank Santo Padre. Our guest this week is an actor, comedy writer, voice actor, a drummer, a skilled magician, and a popular stand-up comedian who's been making audiences laugh since the 1970s. As an actor, you've seen him in such films as American Hot Wax, Easy Money, Highlander 2, Soul Man, B-Movie, and yes, the cinema classic, Back by Midnight. (laughs) Also featuring some guy named Gilbert Gottfried. He also appeared on such hit TV series like Maud, Mork, and Mindy, WKRP in Cincinnati, Night Court, Solid Gold, Caroline in the City, Tiny Toon Adventures, and in recurring roles on The Dukes of Hazard, Nurses, and Baywatch. And of course, as the co-host and co-star of one of the strangest, most infamous shows in the history of television, Pink Lady and Jeff, or on that later. (laughs) You'll also know him from dozens of memorable stand-up comedy shows and talk show appearances, most notably on Late Night with David Letterman and The Late Show with David Letterman. In a career that started back in 1974 at LA's Magic Castle and the Comedy Store, he's gone on to perform for audiences all over the country and work with everyone from Muhammad Ali to Jerry Lewis to Sean Connery to Robin Williams as well as our podcast guests, Adam West, John Astin, Ed Bagley Jr., Dick Van Dyke, and Sid and Marty Croft. Please welcome to the show one of the funniest human beings we know, and the man who told Frank and I that if he didn't like the way this interview turned out, he'd lip us like a cheese omelet, the always laid-back and low-key Jeff Oldman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, uh, welcome. <laughs> well, I, I,
3: I've ne- I, I've been in show business since I was uh, uh, seven, and I've never had an introduction like that. That was fantastic. Thank you. There
2: you go. Guys. That sums it up, Jeff. Some of those things may even be true. Uh, possibly. <laughs>
1: So so you were also. I uh, see, I still have not seen this movie. I don't know if there's a way of seeing this movie. Uh, you were also in Back by Midnight with Rodney Dangerfield. I, were were
2: you in that also, Gilbert? Yes. <laughs> Is that a Harry so, Basil joint? Back by yes. Midnight?
1: Yeah. Okay. So so I guess you haven't seen it either. No. I don't think anyone has. <laughs> I've read reviews. It's supposed to be beyond horrible.
2: I'm sure. I'm sure. What is the plot of Back by Midnight? It's come up on this show many times. It's It stars Rodney Dangerfield too, we should point out.
3: Uh, I'm not sure what the point of the movie was. I know I, it was an opportunity to earn $35 and I walked over to the set, so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I I think Rodney is either, I don't know if he's a warden or convict or something it takes place with a prison that he i don't know he has to leave and come back it's i have no idea but it's supposed to be beyond it's supposed to be funky monkey bed (laughs) (laughs) jeff do you ever work with
2: a chimp or a primate or an orangutan or or just the one here at the house that's it
1: Now I heard just today uh, that your father was friends with the great Harry Houdini.
3: That's true, Gil Gilbert. That's true. Uh, my father was a, a, a tremendous magician, and he he uh, uh, when he was twenty years old. They made him the first president of the Society of American Magicians, which is like the clubhouse for magicians. And he was appointed in Worcester, Massachusetts, right before Harry Houdini died in 1926. My father was 20 years old.
2: Wow. wow. That is cool. What is the what is the true story? You know, you see the Tony Curtis movie, which is bullshit where where where, yeah. where you know, he dies doing the water trick. Yes. Uh, what 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 is the true story? You're you're not only a magician, Jeff, but you're obviously a magic historian, right?
1: I. There used to be that uh, famous legend that because the guy punched him in the stomach, that's it. Yeah.
3: That's be- there was a co- there was a college student that said he had always wanted to meet Houdini. And uh, so they invited him into his dressing room, and he was he was doing something else. And uh, you, you know he he was famous for being able to be punched in the stomach as hard as a strong man could and endure it. So this kid was in there just getting ready to wallop the guy, and and uh, when Houdini wasn't looking and had not set himself, the guy punched him and uh, ruptured his appendix. And then uh, I guess a week later he died. There you go. From, from appendis- uh, acute appendicitis.
1: Yeah, I've heard people who've argued that and said that, you know, if you punch someone, if that could cause an appendix to burst, then uh, more more price fighters would be dying from it.
3: Um, I don't know whether or not the punch caused the appendicitis, or whether or not it was. Concomitant. There's a good word.
2: Uh, Very good. Nice, Jeff. Excellent. (laughs)
3: Yeah, I finished high
2: school. Uh, Anyway. (laughs) Gilbert, do you resent Houdini because he was a Jew who performed under an
1: Italian name? Uh, (laughs) 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 You know, years ago, I had a burst appendix. Really? And I was in the hospital, and uh, Penn Gillette from Penn & Teller came in and said you survived what killed houdini
3: oh boy there's a guy you want right at your side when you're ailing (laughs) (laughs) pendulant
2: well tell us more about your dad he was one of the big card handlers one of the one of the big was is it sleight of hand magic yes close up magic what do they call it jeff
3: Close-up sleight of hand. It, it is a completely different form of magic than is stage magic, okay. which is illusions and guys pulling, uh, you know, uh, balloons out of someone's asshole. Mm-hmm. And, and, and,
1: <laughs> uh, could you demonstrate,
3: please? I, I I I could. Let me see if I. N- nah, maybe not. <laughs> um, and uh, so. Uh, there's another form of, of magic called s- close-up sleight of hand, as I said. And, and my father got very, very good with cards and with coins, but he became famous for his card work. and uh, he, he was Arthur Altman. Yes, that's right, right. Art Altman. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
3: And he's in lots of the magic books and uh, the, the heavy reading and uh, uh, people, almost every guy who's ever held a deck of cards who's any good knows who my dad was.
2: Your great, your your uncle was fairly famous too. Tell your your was very, it Al, Al Altman?
3: Al Altman, my father's brother, uh, uh, was the head of talent for MGM, MGM uh, from 1926 to like 1959. And and of course you know uh, talent matriculated to the West Coast, you know in the 30s and the 40s. And so his job became maybe less important, but he discovered, you know, Lucille Ball and Jimmy Stewart, and uh, gave Bob Hope his first screen test and Joan Crawford. You, Joan Crawford w- was he and Joan Crawford were very very close.
1: And and Ava Gardner,
2: and, and Ava Gardner, yeah,
3: yes, wow.
1: and and I don't want to brag, but uh, I once did a commercial for a product called Shoe Dini. <laughs> <laughs> <that> was- <laughs>
3: It's a perfect connection.
1: And it was a shoehorn on a retractable handle. So you didn't have to uh, bend over as much to put your shoes on. Shoe-dini.
2: Get that plug in there, Gil. You know, we talked about this, Jeff. You know, that, that we grew up at a time when magicians were on television, when that was considered popular entertainment, network entertainment. You could see uh, Harry Blackstone and uh, and Mark Wilson and and people like even comedian slash magicians like uh, sure Carl, Bal- Carl Ballantyne.
3: Carl Valentine was great. He was yeah. a tremendous magician yeah. and and uh, very funny. I know his daughter actually.
1: Oh, I've I've met them. Yeah, I met his daughter. And now, really, yeah. And I remember I spoke to Carl Ballantyne. And he was an interesting, because he's worked with everybody. Oh, yeah. And I would ask him questions like, uh, so what was Jack Benny like? And he'd say, it was okay. He didn't bother anybody.
2: (laughs) 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 Tell us what the early days were like at the Magic Castle, Jeff. You grew up in Syracuse. You made your way west. Your dad taught you some magic tricks and some card tricks, I guess, when you were a teen. Right, and you decided That's... to make your way west, but not what? If, uh, tell me if I have this right. Not not specifically with the intention of making it as a comic.
3: Well, I I, I knew that I wanted to be somehow. In, I wanted to entertain people somehow. Yeah. And 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 the thing I I did best at the time was uh, you know here pick a card, and and so I, I headed for the magic castle, and after realizing that, that there was very little headway to be made doing card tricks. Uh, it, professionally, I, I went over to the the comedy store one night and got thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> I, An auspicious so beginning. I was no, I was in the audience and somebody on stage mentioned Syracuse, New York, and I threw up my hands and I said, "Hey, Syracuse!" And Mitzi Shore sent somebody over to the table and said, uh, "Mitzi would like you to leave now." And I said, <laughs> "Well." So, so, months later, I returned and it was on a Saturday night, and there was nobody left to go on. This is 70, but maybe June of 1974. Wow. And so, I ran over to Mitzi and I said, You know, I do a few impressions. I said, Could I go up on stage? And she said, Well, what's your name? I, <laughs> I said, My name's Jeff Altman. She says, All right, Altman, go up on stage and try something. So I went up on stage and did some of David Fry's act and then got the hell out of there. But she said I could come back. So that was okay.
2: <laughs> some of David Fry's act. You always yeah. did a great you always did a great Nixon.
3: Yeah, I, I did an okay Nixon, yeah. And
1: and that reminds me too, not only were magicians common, but impressionists were common on TV.
3: Very common, sure.
1: And, and ventriloquists.
3: Mm-hmm. That's right. And jugglers.
1: Yes. and Jugglers. And now yeah. all of them live in Vegas, but none on TV anymore.
2: No. I don't except, understand. Except that. Dave brought a bunch of them back in the 2000s when he he had ventriloquism week on 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 the late show and he did impressionist week. Did, uh, yeah, that's
3: right, he did Letterman. impressionist. Yeah,
2: in the 20, yeah, that's right, in the 2010s, he he uh he did these uh I I guess they were you know uh, homages to the old Sullivan Theater. And he'd have these people back. But what was the before we get into the uh, the comedy store, and we will. What was the magic castle like in those days? Because I heard you say Carson would be hanging around Cary Grant.
3: Uh, you run Grant, into people like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I, I, couldn't walk over and say, "Hey, Johnny, you like to sit down and have a couple of drinks?" But I, I mean, I, I didn't even know Johnny from the castle. I met Johnny years later, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, uh, um, uh, Cary Grant would hang there, and. Uh, D- D- Dick Cavett used to come in there all the time. Another and, magician, uh, yeah. And uh, so there, there was a there was a bevy of, of of celebrities that used to walk in and out of the castle. And those were the days when uh, y- you know there there weren't many people at the castle. It wasn't like packed door to door. You know, it was it was it was it was a private club for magicians. And 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 you would get get a chance if you got in there and could crack the you know the, the queue. You you could you could see uh, the the very best card men and coin men and magicians in the world.
1: Did you ever meet Cary Grant?
3: <laughs> no, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, never, never met Cary Grant.
2: You you did meet and befriend a pretty formidable magician that we tried to get on this show, and that's the great Ricky J. Oh, geez,
3: Ricky and I were so close. Uh, Ricky was one of my best friends.
2: We tried so hard to get him here. Really, what, I I can't imagine him not wanting to do that. I don't know what happened. What great, I mean, a great talent and a fun actor too. I mean, he had a he had a very interesting movie career.
3: Yes, he did. And he was superlative with cards. I mean, you know that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he could he could do it. He he one one night he went outside the magic castle and took a card. He was famous for throwing cards.
2: Throwing right? He, wasn't he the world record holder for throwing cards?
3: For, yeah. Yes. And he threw a card over the the magic castle. He threw it. He threw it over the whole thing. It just. It was astounding.
1: And uh, I just heard today some weird story you had about Richard Pryor.
2: Oh God! <laughs> There's a jump. Well, that was it. That was at the store, wasn't it?
3: No, it was at Mitzi's
2: house. Oh, at Mitzi's house. Is this the? Wait a minute. Is this the one with Chevy?
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And, okay. and 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 uh, I'm sitting there, and it's me, Chevy Chase, and Richard Pryor, and, and and Chevy, of course, is is the big hot new talent, and of course this this doesn't sit well with Richard, who <laughs> you, you know, <laughs> so uh, he starts talking to uh, uh, Chevy, and and Chevy is just sitting there going, okay, Richard, all right, okay, uh huh, yeah, and, and and Richard is sitting there going, okay i tell you what, how'd you like to fuck me? How'd you like to fuck me right now?
0: <laughs> Chevy Ch- Ch-
3: Ch- oh Ch- Ch- is just sitting there, all, yeah, okay, well, yeah, Richard, I've always enjoyed your stuff. and uh, uh, No, but I'm talking, I'm serious, I'm serious, man, I'd like to come over there and have you fuck me right now. And he pulls his pants down. Wow. So it, at this point... I, 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 I said something to him. I, I told him that Sonny, that Sonny Liston fainted and died of old age in the second fight with Muhammad Ali. And for some reason, that made him collapse on the floor laughing. <laughs> and that's, that's about all I remember. But I just remember him getting in, in, in Chevy's face and, and going nuts. Now, now,
1: have you heard the Quincy Jones?
2: I was hoping you wouldn't disappoint Gilbert
1: Quincy Jones said That Richard Pryor And Marlon Brando Would get coked up And fuck each other Really? Yes (laughs) That's all you can say to that Yeah they Richard Pryor and Marlon Brando Used to get coked up And fuck each other According to one person yeah, I, oh, that's good enough for me. Can, if can, Quincy can, Jones tells me that, I believe it. Can you imagine that, though? I mean, you know, you know, well,
3: just just a little, just just a little harder. Uh, just, just, just give me a little, just, oh, just a little harder.
1: Uh, I'm. A, it's as hard as I can go, man. That's as hard as I can go. <laughs> and and I just picture a 600-pound Brando on top of Richard Pryor.
2: <laughs> we've told that story a hundred times on the show, but Jeff's the first person that acted it out. Oh, <laughs>
3: that is so funny, man. That is so funny. That's a Good story.
2: What, what about the Great store story. in those days? I mean, who, who was, who was on the, you took the stage for the first time. Do I have the timing right here? 74. Yes. And, and who was, who was, I mean, Argus Hamilton. I know some of these names of these people that had to be. I don't around. know. I
3: don't even know if Argus was there. He yet. wasn't even there uh, yet.
2: George Miller. Certainly.
3: George, George was around. Yeah. Um, uh, Johnny Witherspoon was around.
2: John, the late, great John Witherspoon.
3: The late, great John Witherspoon. And uh, uh, a guy named Andrew uh, Johnson, who uh, most people don't know who, who he is, but he was one of the funniest guys at the store. As well and as the 17th president.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> <He's> just versatile. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's right. Yeah, you took some time off. Yeah, you, you've been a good president. Go up on stage.
0: <laughs> I love your Betsy.
2: Was, was was Willie Tyler, speak? Gilbert brought up ventriloquist. Was Willie Tyler and Lester working yes. out of the store then?
3: Yes, they yeah. were there. They were there.
2: Great days. What was your act like? I know you did a little Nixon. You did a little Johnny, right? Geez, I
3: just. I used to just go up on stage and run around like an idiot, and 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 uh, hope that people would laugh. You know, I used to open my show by by saying, uh, I said, I don't know if any few people have ever been at a Hollywood party and wanted to try this silly little party gag, and I would smash my head on a bar stool and down I'd go, and that's how it opened, and uh, it just got keep getting stranger and stranger uh, as time moved forward.
2: Was there a Raymond Burr impression
3: too? Yes, there was.
2: Yeah. All right, so favor us a little bit.
3: <laughs> Hello, my name is Raymond Burr, the world's largest living mammal. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as my career began to increase, I gradually needed the aid of a wheelchair to cart my ass from town to town. I'm now proud to say that I weigh more than most two-bedroom homes. <laughs> th- th- that's from 1976. I love it. I love
1: it. I, I heard that the way, uh, uh, oh, fuck, uh, his, uh, his sh- Ironside. Ironside. Is, is that they originally just wanted him to be a detective. And he's the one who said, well, I don't want to be standing. So could you have me seated? So they rewrote it as a detective in a wheelchair. And he said and he wa- and he wants everything on cue cards.
3: Yes. So he read had everything
1: delicious fucking job. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well he was Perry Mason. He spent a lot of years standing, Gil.
1: Yes. <laughs>
2: the guy wanted to take a seat.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, Let me sit down and do this and read the cards for Christ's sake. <laughs>
2: I don't think I ever ran into anybody who did Raymond Burr. So the, the store was still new. I mean, I think Sammy Shore and Rudy DeLuca opened it, what, only like two years prior. Exactly S- right, 72. 72. The old yep. zeros. That's as, right. As, and- as our fellow showbiz historians will know. So the club was new. Mitzi was new at this.
3: Right. And uh, she, she did a, a decent job of taking over, but there was an onslaught of talent. That, that, that just seemed to come out there. At, mm-hmm. You know, by 75, I mean, there was Letterman, Leno. Um, Tim Thomerson. Uh, Tim Thomerson. Uh, Thomerson was, I mean, I can't say enough about Tim Thomerson. He's he, great. He, he was really fucking great. What? And uh, 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 let's see. How about um, Lenny Clark? Lenny Clark came later.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, Blake Clark. Oh, was it, I, I remember him. Came, came, did a lot of acting. Yeah, did more acting, acting, big acting than he, career Then he did stand up. Um, and then, uh, and then just a cadre of uh, whole guys. Drees, was Dreeson there. Oh yeah, Dreesen was there by then.
2: Yeah, jo- uh, uh, he, Do- Johnny Dark. Johnny Dark. That's right. <laughs> These are guys I love on Dave.
1: And yeah. Dreesen used to be partners with. Um, oh, who, with Tim Reed. Yeah, Tim Reed. Yeah,
3: that's right. Tim and Tom, Tim and that's Tom. exactly right, back in Chicago, and then they came out to the West Coast and tried to see if it would work, and for some reason, they split up, and, and Tim started getting more work on TV, and uh, Tom, I guess, kind of favored stand-up, and eventually became Sinatra's opening act.
1: And um, there was a story, one time you were on stage making fun of Johnny Carson.
3: <laughs> that's right. Yeah. I was on stage and, and, and Johnny was in the big room of the you know the comedy store, Gilbert. Yes. You know the big room and then the little room.
1: Oh yeah. The the belly, belly room.
3: Belly room, yeah. Yeah. No, not the belly room, the nope. original room.
1: Oh, okay.
3: The oh, original they ad- room? They added the belly the big- room later? The belly room was upstairs, and it was started for for just for 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 women. Right, and 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 uh, uh, it became very successful as well. So there were three rooms going in one place by say 1978.
1: Yeah, I've been I and whenever I'm in LA, I always uh, look at the wall to see if they still have my name up there. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure it's there.
3: Don't what take if down it's not Gil- there, Gil- Don't take down yeah. Gilbert's name. Leave Gilbert's name up there, please. <laughs> good good for the store. It's good for the store.
1: Now I have it on I have on good authority uh, that the comedy store the comedy store is haunted. You must uh, have heard that.
3: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's it's now it was it was underneath the comedy store and and down in the basement where nobody ever went and i think sam kennison went down there one night and and got harassed by apparently a ghost and that, <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> you know i don't know i don't know how to explain this any better but uh, uh, that's what happened and and from then on people kept saying well the store is haunted the store is haunted
1: and so. Sam Kennison, you could definitely trust. There's no crazy. <laughs> no, qu- no question but about that. <laughs> <He> was... <laughs> His mind was always working <laughs> perfectly. So if he tells you he saw a ghost in the basement, you believe it. <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> they said the Hollywood Roosevelt was haunted. Have you heard this, Gil? By like, oh, a, a, yes. Monty Clift? Maybe. Maybe. Oh, or or some other people. I, I
1: think I have. Saw, I, I, have that I right. saw some TV show that was talking about. Um, oh, what the hell? Uh, K, uh, the the big hotel. Uh, the John Belushi did uh, Chateau, oh, Chateau, yeah, Chateau Marmont. Chateau Marmont. Yeah. And they did a whole thing proving that that was a haunted place, and they named, of course, John Belushi. And then they were really stretching. They said, uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe did not die there, but where she did die, wasn't far from there. <laughs> <laughs> so the curse stretched out. <laughs> uh. what, what,
2: what? Do you have a vivid memory, Jeff, of meeting Letterman for the first time? Not club, really, because you, you guys would no. go on to have misadventures together, many.
3: Oh man, uh, yeah, but I don't, I don't actually remember the very first time I met him. He, when he came out, he had a beard, right, um, and uh, uh, that obscured obviously his face, and I don't remember him with a beard. And then we started somehow. He, he asked me if I wanted to play some tennis. And uh, I said, yeah, I, I, played, I play a lot of tennis. And he said, well, come on over. And uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm on the same street as the always open Denny's. And he kept saying the always open Denny's. <laughs> and, and, and I thought, there's something wrong with this cat, man. This, you know, <laughs>
0: what? I said,
3: turn left at the always open Denny's. <laughs> and so we played tennis and then we started playing racquetball and
2: then we became very close friends. Did you club him in the head with a racquetball? With a, with a racquetball w- racket at one point?
3: How yeah. did you know that? That's How the hell did you know that? <laughs> I know a lot of weird stuff, Jeff. W- wow, Frank. <laughs> Give yourself a pat on the back, man. <laughs> did you? We're, we're, we're playing. You. I had two bad incidents with Dave on a racquetball court. One where I hit him in the head with the racquetball <laughs> ra- racket, and he he stood like this and went, Jesus christ I, 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 I I'm 40 seconds from an aneurysm I'm forty seconds from an aneurysm
0: <laughs>
3: and, and the other time was I, I i I hit him with a ball and I, I hit the ball hard and I hit him right in the face with a ball and he turned around and he, he kind of scratched his chin and he said, hmm, "You're a low-rent motherfucker, aren't you <laughs> Yet your friendship endured. Oh my gosh. Yes, it certainly did.
1: And you worked with an actor who was one of those uh great character actors, Sorrel Book.
2: Oh, I love Sorrel. One of Gilbert's favorites.
3: Yeah. I played his I played his uh his nephew on uh, uh The Dukes of Hazard and was on every every season to do an episode. And uh he was you know, he was Yale schooled, uh a drama school from Yale. And uh, he 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 was just a great great actor, and of course the character he played on The Dukes of Hazard was no exception.
1: Because I I remember like you know I knew him from The Dukes of Hazard as right. this, you know redneck sheriff, and then I saw him in this movie Bye Bye Breverman, which I always liked, where he's like this intellectual, uh, angry neurotic intellectual Jewish guy, and I thought huh. wow. This guy's good. Oh, yeah. Good he actors on the Dukes
2: of Hazzard. I mean, James Best had had a big career. Yep. And wasn't Denver Pyle on there? Denver Pyle was uh, 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 Jesse. Loved and uh, the rest
3: of the cast ha- had no idea why they were on stage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love that you wound up opposite yourself one night in a, in a, progr- a strange programming glitch. You were on Pink Lady and Jeff. On yeah. on NBC and opposite yourself in a Dukes of Hazard episode.
3: Yeah, that's right. They put they put me on uh, opposite myself. The 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 night we premiered, uh, uh, the 35th worst show in television history.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's infamous as yeah. being you know it's famous for being so terrible.
3: Oh, it was it was it was. I mean, th- we were told we were told the girls could speak perfect English. <laughs> who told you that was it silverman no 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 it wasn't well wait wait a minute maybe fred silverman did did believe that because their manager who was this just giant prick
1: (laughs) 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 and they were big in japan right like the like the beatles gilbert yes yes.
2: (laughs) well the the rumor is that silverman had a poster of them in his office that's uh, entirely possible uh, yeah yeah.
3: That's entirely so, so possible. this
1: show was put together, right? Uh, Pink Lady and Jeff, and then they found out later on down the road, hey, these girls don't speak a word of English.
2: <laughs> <laughs> me and Kay.
3: That's, uh, that's right, me and Kay. I went into their dressing room, I think the very first day, and I, I, I said, hi, girls, how, how was the plane ride from uh, uh, Tokyo? And they said, hello, Jeff. <laughs> and that was the conversation And, and I, I thought to myself to What are we going to do funny. for the next <laughs>
0: oh,
3: Hilarious <laughs> and, we have... and I thought What are we going to do for the next However many <laughs> weeks the show was on Well the audience made that decision For us
1: <laughs> <laughs> we had How sit- long did it last
3: <laughs> Five weeks, well, with, with one unaired episode. With one air, unaired episode, that's exactly right. <clears throat>
1: yeah, you, and, and you'd think, do they speak English? Would be like the first uh, thing. <laughs> now wait Wouldn't a minute. You think so? We had Wouldn't Sid and Marty.
2: So? We had Sid and Marty Croft on this podcast. Uh oh. And they told us yes, uh, exactly. Marty Marty insists that he didn't know and Sid didn't know that they didn't speak English. He also threw in the fact that they signed their contract on December seventh, which, <laughs> <laughs> which, <laughs> which he always he always found humor in. Appar- apparently nobody involved knew that they didn't speak English. And how is that possible? I'm telling you, it was
3: this—it was this giant load of, of 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 goo that was their manager, you know. And he <laughs> he just he just convinced everybody that they could do anything, including speaking English.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> so what did they do? Did they speak to them in Japanese and direct them, or?
3: Well, there, there was somebody off stage, you know, going. <laughs> And then they would, they would come back and they would say, Harold, Jeff, nice to be back with you this week. I hope we can be together
2: every week. It's hilarious. Evanier, sure. our, our mutual friend, Mark Evanier. Oh, I, I love Mark. Who was a good guy and was on, was on this show and was, was the head writer, said they gave you, on, in addition to everything else, they gave you a deadly time slot. They gave you the 9 p.m. slot where Mark likes to point out that no Variety series had ever succeeded in the history Correct. of television. That's right. In the 9 p.m. slot, you had Where's Boomer, the unforgettable Where's Boomer, as your lead-in, oh, which geez. was a show starring a dog. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh.
2: what, what? Going in, were you anxious? Did you think this could work? Did you think this is DOA? I,
3: I, I didn't know. I was 27 years old, and... Right. and uh... And uh, uh, they, the, you, you know, they, they said, "Well, you know, you'll be starring in your own show, and here's what you'll be making." And they, and they wrote something down on a piece of paper. And I said, "Hey, fuck! I don't care. I'll do anything, man. What, what, look, you want me to be clothed, naked, I'll, on a horse?
0: <laughs> well,
3: I'll, I'll, I'll kiss a mule. I'll, you know. <laughs> you know, it was. It just seemed like it seemed like a dream come true a- until you, we actually hit the, you know, the, the floor." and and the girls started to perform. And finally, I said to to, uh, uh, Marty, I said, Marty, let these girls sing in Japanese where they were fantastic. They really were very good. Mm -hmm. The tunes were catchy and, you know, you couldn't understand the words, but it was neat, you know? And uh, and then by like the fourth episode, they started letting the girls perform in Japanese and and it was, you know, too late.
2: (laughs) You know, you can, people can watch the clips online, Jeff, and I have to pay you a compliment. I mean, you're, you're, you're very smooth. You're, well, you're you you you're, you're, you're very funny in the sketches. You and the late, great Jim Varney.
3: Oh, man. Great, you Whoa. guys
2: were, you guys were a great tandem. I he mean, was, in, in, even in, was, in something that's, that's, that's not succeeding. There are always good moments and there were absolute, plenty
3: oh, of true, good true. moments. Tremendous moments. I mean, yeah. uh, they, 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 Sid and Marty were able to get people to come on that show who had never, you know, been been on on TV in years. And one of them was Jerry Lewis. And he, he came on the show, and he, he, you know, uh, you know, off stage he's kind of like,
0: I mean, uh,
3: you know, I mean, come on.
2: <laughs> and, Jeff, Jeff <laughs> is doing lozenge Jerry. Just for our, yeah. because this is not visual. And uh, so um,
3: Jerry Jerry uh, came into my dressing room and he said, you know, I could take this show over if I wanted to. I said, yeah, I could just, you know, I could just walk out on stage. But this is your show. <laughs> this is your show. And from that moment on, the only thing you heard that week was, <laughs> let me get in done. You know, it was just, it was all
2: Jerry. <laughs> He does that coughing bit. He comes out. He 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 almost trips on the steps. He does a coughing bit, and then he pulls a cigarette out of his pocket, which stops the coughing.
3: That put me on the floor when he did that in my dressing room. That that was fucking funny.
2: Didn't he want a special credit? Uh, uh, maybe a writing credit. He wanted a special writing credit. Yeah, that's right. On the on the episode, which that's I, right. I believe Evanier uh, voted down.
1: Yeah, because because he wrote. Hi you coming? <laughs> I always said
2: the guest stars were impressive. Red Button showed up. Yes, he you, did. Hugh Hefner showed up and of course, and he became kind of recurring if you can recur on a show that lasts five episodes, Sid Caesar.
3: Sid Sid Caesar, it was his first return to TV. He did three of the episodes. And I got to know Sid pretty well and he was a uh, uh, one amazing human being.
1: So Sid Caesar he was in good shape when you met him.
3: Yeah, he'd been working out. He was in he was in physically good shape, yes.
2: Was yeah, he, de- he was he depressed cuz he was a guy that 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 battled uh, de- a lot of demons.
3: Uh, I guess that's true. I've heard that, but I, he seemed fine to me, and he gave me lots of advice, and uh, we did lots of sketches together. Uh, some of which I'm actually kind of proud of. We did a mm-hmm. boxing thing uh, on the show uh, where he just pounded the shit out of me, and uh, uh, that 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 I, I always enjoyed that.
1: Because <laughs> yeah, I always heard with him, much like uh, Peter Sellers, that. If they weren't in character, they didn't exist it's like
3: uh-huh
1: they were really uncomfortable if they didn't have a, like on a phony mustache or something <laughs> <laughs> what's the sumo
2: wrestler story
3: Jeff uh, they put this sumo wrestler in the show <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: for no damn reason and he would, and it was supposed supposed to be some sort of homage to to japan okay and <laughs> I mean, I didn't get it, and the guy chased me around the studio all the time uh on camera, and it was supposed to be funny and of course, I'm running around the studio going you know this is this is this is uh this is not funny <laughs>
2: Okay, but whose ingenious idea was it to have every episode end in the hot tub, which you would climb into in your tux? Uh, I don't,
3: I don't know whose idea that was. It, it was kind of cute, and it was, it was, uh, you know, it was supposed, supposed to welcome you back to the next show next week. But there weren't many next
1: weeks. <laughs> what? And you appeared on uh, Solid Gold. Hilarious.
3: Yeah, I was the comic on Solid Gold for about a year.
1: Yeah, because what I remember about Solid Gold is now kids can look up the most perverted things on their phones. And back then, there wasn't any. To me, the Solid Gold dancers were total porn. (laughs) (laughs) That's
3: right. They were very, they were very, very sexy, and uh, and uh, everybody got a kick out of watching them work, and uh, yeah, I had a good time doing that show. I can't remember the guy who produced that show. He was a, he, be, he became very good friends, and he he liked he liked the characters that I did, and so it worked for a year, and then I, I went on and did something else. I don't was, remember.
2: Was but. Marilyn McCoo hosting that show in those days? That's
3: right, Marilyn McCoo, and I, Marilyn, yes, Marilyn McCoo was the host.
1: We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast. But first, a word from our sponsor.
2: I gotta bring you back to Pink Lady and Jeff, because I know there's, there's Wait, some, I'm gonna gonna just te- where I was hoping you'd go. I'm Frank. gonna keep torturing you. Last See, qu- I
1: I wanted this to be the entire show. Yeah, Talks but Gil- about nothing.
2: <laughs> Gil- but Gilbert Gilbert Lady a, and Jeff. A, as a man who co-starred in thick of the night, don't gloat too much. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Thick of the Night is also, has favorable mention in worst TV shows of all time.
3: Well, did you... Go, go ahead, Jeff. Gilbert, did you ever do any of those? Did you ever do a Thick of the Night?
1: I I was a regular on oh, Thick of the Night. Oh, that's right.
3: Yeah. What am I talking yes, about? That's of course. Why I said,
2: don't don't be so cocky. Well, yeah, if, that's right. If Pink Lady and Jeff was the thirty-fifth worst show of all time. Where did Where did Where did a Thick of the Night fall, Gil?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I remember, I met Vincent Price on Thick of the Night, and then right. years later I ran into him somewhere, and I said, uh, "Look, you probably don't remember this, but we were both on Thick of the Night," and he says. Oh, yes, that was a terrible show. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, wasn't there a story about Lauren Green being booked like hours before? Does this mean anything to you? On Pink Lady? Yeah, on Pink Lady. Uh, Sa- Sauce Jeff.
3: All, all <laughs> sorts of people came, came through there, uh, those doors. Uh, 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 Red uh, buttons. Red Buttons and and, uh, uh, Roy Roy Orbison Oh,
0: Larry Hagman Larry Hagman
3: Hagman was on the show I did a sketch with him I used to do this character called uh, Art Nouveau And uh, he used to sell shit And, uh, you know, anything And uh, uh, I was selling art You know, Art art Nouveau And and, uh, Larry Hagman came on And and was kind of funny in the sketch Believe it or not
0: So
2: I, I read that Sid and Marty wrote a check for for a hundred grand to get for every guest star to get them that, to to get them to wh- show up. That's how they got Hefner and Jerry.
3: That, that's that's right. I, and 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 they also gave uh, uh, Larry Hagman uh, his own special. I think two specials to, to do just to come on and be on the show. It was it was ridiculous, you know. But Fred Silverman was actually a pretty good guy. He, he was. He was. Even though at the end there, he made he made some bad decisions.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> we he was a very nice
2: man. I. I uh, and I will... he
1: was also uh, the producer of Thick of the Night.
0: There no you go. kidding.
1: Yes. Wow. Yes. One... So so yeah, talk about his bad decisions.
2: One that man. One. one man has super train. Thick of yes. the night and Pink Lady and Jeff on his resume. We, we should have had. That, we lost Fred. We should have had him on here.
3: Yeah, yeah. I, 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 those were his waning years, certainly.
2: Yeah. Well, you had a great <laughs> line. You said it taught the show taught you humility because one week you were telling somebody, please go get me a cup of ice, and the next week you were you were on the unemployment line.
3: I, that, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I you know. I, I, Gilbert knows this for sure. I mean, Gilbert's a, a huge star. Gilbert, <laughs> well, you are. Yeah, you are Gilbert. You. There's no. There's nobody in America that doesn't know your name and voice and and, and likeness. Come it's on, it's true. It's true. You know. And uh, anyway, uh, it was just. Uh, it was. It was. It was strange. It was. It was a very strange situation.
1: And it had to have been like when they, you're that young, and they go. You're going to be starring in a TV show. You must have thought, well, that's it. I'm like uh, Bob Hope or whatever. <laughs>
3: I'll tell you a funny Bob Hope story. <laughs> <laughs> Bob Hope is playing, <clears throat> uh, I, I not Lakeside, it's Lake, uh, it's a big golf course in, in LA. It's the big... F- All the celebrities play there. And you remember Rick Dees, the guy on the radio? Sure.
2: sure. Disco Duck.
3: Disco Duck. Rick was a friend of mine, and uh, I did some stuff with him on the air. And uh, he he was also in in the very first movie I was in called... uh, Record City. uh, Record City.
2: And that's how I met Rick. With Sorrel Book, by the way. No way. Sorrel Book's in that movie. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, and Frank Gorshin and Ruth Buzzy and Jack Carter.
3: Oh man, maybe I should tell the Jack Carter story first. Tell them both. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jack Carter's in the comedy store, and we're doing a we're doing a a, a benefit uh, for some somebody who had had a, a, a spine injury, uh, who's a famous comedian whose name does not come to me at this moment, but. Uh, And he's on stage and Jack Carter and I are standing over the uh, sidelines and this woman comes over and starts talking to him. And uh, apparently Jack Carter and Chevy Chase or Steve Martin, excuse me, Steve Martin had had some sort of run in. I don't know what, 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 (laughs) how does that happen?
2: Uh, Jack, Car- those Jack guys Carter hated mean- it He hated everybody Jack Carter
3: Okay so Jack Carter uh, ha- Has something uh, wrong with him uh, Concerning uh, Steve Martin And this woman comes over and just starts talking Oh I love you and um, you're so fantastic uh, Jack I remember seeing you In the 60s and 70s and 80s And and Steve Martin is tremendous And, and, and you can see Jack's eyes go like this <laughs> And And so the woman, as she's talking, is in her in her little uh, handbag, and she's pulling out a cigarette, and she goes, no, I hope you don't mind, Jack, if I smoke. And Jack looks up from, and says, no, lady, smoke, and smoke a lot. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's great. <laughs> <laughs>
2: smoke a lot.
1: That's great. What? what... What's he the whole? Was, what?
2: Go ahead, Kill, I'm he sorry. He
1: agreed to do this show, and we were so looking forward. Cause we
2: were. He hated oh,
1: yeah. everybody and was ready to tell the world <laughs> each person that he hated, <laughs> and then he died shortly after. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah.
3: Was he going to come on was he going to come on the uh, the the podcast? Yes, yes sir. Back yes. in 20, we, 2014
2: I think.
1: Yeah. Wow. And we were lucky cuz he was one of those people there was nobody he wouldn't tell the public about how much he hated them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> was that your only encounter? By the way, that movie Record City was written by a guy that we had on this podcast twice and that's our friend Ron Friedman. No kidding. And they must have just kept throwing actors into that thing because Ruth Buzzy shows up, Jack Carter, yeah. Rick Dees, the guy that played right? Oddjob, Gilbert, Harold Sakata. Uh,
1: Harold and, and,
3: and, and ready for this, Gilbert will love this. Lenny Schultz was in the movie. Lenny
1: Schultz is in oh it. Oh, my God. Yep. Wow. Lenny.
2: Yep, yep, yeah,
1: yep, yep. Yeah, Do Crazy you, Lenny. Crazy Lenny, go
3: fucking crazy.
1: Yes. Do, 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 do you want do you want more
2: pigs or more shit? What do you want, pigs or shit? <laughs> Tomerson is in that movie. God, you're right. Yep. You are yep. right. And, and and Larry Storch. Well, Larry Storch, you know. And 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 it produced by Samuel Z. Arkoff, Gilbert.
1: Oh, Is that a great. movie for this show or what? <clears throat> great. What's
2: what's the Bob Hope story you started to tell?
3: Rick Rick Dees is playing golf with Bob Hope when Bob was about 92 or 3. And uh, Bob goes to tee up the ball. And as he's teeing up the ball, you see him start swaying a little bit. And the next thing you know, just pow, right on his face. Just face plants. (laughs) 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 And so Rick Rick Dees goes over and picks him up. And the only thing that Bob Hope says as he's being lifted off the ground is, Hey, I'll tell you what. What, what causes that? What, what, what is that? What causes that? What, what, what's the cause of that? What? What, what causes that? It's just an insane, you know, thing to say. What causes that?
2: You used to do that hope impression in your act. Where was what was the bit?
3: Oh, there was no bet. I just said, you know, his voice would always trail off at the end. You could never understand what he was saying. You know, he said, well, we're going to have a tremendous show here tonight. I tell you, Brooke Shields is out there with Penny Shields. (laughs) And
1: and now, one thing we always talk about on this show, that if you haven't seen it, you owe yourself. I
2: almost sent it to Jeff last night. I forgot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Bob Hope in a sketch with Dolores... Where he's Jack Frost. It's, it's a Bob musicals. Hope at the end. Jeff. It's Bob Hope <laughs> a- after he's been dead for twelve years. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it looks like they tug up what they could find of his corpse, nailed it to a board, and and said, "Okay, play music here, and it to <laughs> make it look like he's doing something." <laughs> Oh my God. I I that think is... I think it was like Dolores' way uh Dolores' revenge yes. against all the time he fucked up around her.
2: That's right. Oh That's right. Jeff when you when you when you sign off with us, go on YouTube and just Google Jack Frost Bob Hope. Okay. It was at the Will end when, when when his daughter was in his earpiece and he was just reading the cards, you know, and he kept pumping out the specials. Into his I heard 90s. a story,
3: Frank. I heard a story that uh, uh, he hired some comedian. To, I, this may not be true, but I heard this: <clears throat> that he hired some like grade C comedian uh, to open for him, and the guy had uh, like about two minutes of material, and he didn't know that he had to do 20 minutes, and so he went out there and he did a lot of the jokes off Bob's cards. <laughs> oh, and Bob, <laughs> Bob got out there and was telling the same jokes twice.
1: Oh, my God. And and there's also a, a story that I've heard when he would do his Vietnam shows. And he'd have some, you know, hot look. He always had, like, you know, Raquel Welch or yep. uh, whatever. Aunt and Jillian. Yeah, yeah. Joey Heatherton all those. And and uh, according to what I heard, a few people told me this that he would say to them, if they didn't fuck him, he would they'd all be getting on the plane leaving Vietnam and they'd leave her behind. Oh my god! <laughs>
2: <laughs> or at least he threatened to. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: he threatened to leave him in the jungles of Vietnam. Oh my god! If they didn't fuck him. Oh wow!
2: This last last question funny. about Pink Lady, Jeff, I promise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is from the all night.
2: Mark Scoback wants to know did Jeff ever stay in touch? I think I know the answer to this. With me and Kay, or was the the rap party the last you saw of them?
3: Uh I have not seen them since the rap party. That uh that uh that would be that.
2: Yeah. SNL did a wonderful parody with Harry Shearer yeah. as Carl Sagan called Pink yeah. Lady and Carl. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> which I urge our, our listeners. I got off easy on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but going back, going way back to the store, and you know, you got discovered for television pretty early on in the game. I mean, you were on by 76, I think if I have my, well, you did a Merv, which I believe is your, your TV debut.
3: Yeah. I did Merv Griffin in
2: 75.
3: I did right. like four, three or four, three, maybe.
2: You were you also turned up on Bill Cosby's short-lived variety series, Cos. That's right. I,
3: that was my first real big job. And uh, uh, um, it was, uh, I mean, I learned a lot, a real lot from him, actually, I, despite what people may think of him. <clears throat> you know, he was a brilliant comedian and uh, uh, lots of in, good insight about comedy. And uh, he told me something once I'll never forget. I was sitting in his dressing room and we were talking about comedians, and he, he said the following. He said, you know, you could take every comic in the world and have them go up on stage and do their best five minutes, and then Jonathan Winters would come up on stage and make them all look like assholes. So I, I thought that was just about right.
2: Wow. Mm. Gilbert, you, you want to tell Jeff? This is sort of a pink lady segue here. You want to tell Jeff what you knew about Cosby?
1: Oh, oh, yes. Please. Uh, Yes. (laughs) Uh, uh, The writers, because I appeared on uh, on the Cosby show, and I spoke to the writers. Yes. And they said on his schedule uh, would be uh, an hour uh, that he'd take to teach comedy to Asian models. Oh my gosh! And and this is why you see so many funny Asian models nowadays. (laughs) We can thank Bill Cosby.
2: That's right. So let me get the timing of this. You did the Cosby Show in seventy. Excuse me. It was called Cos. C O S. Yeah, six kind of. who, who, to- who was on there with you? Who were the repertory players?
3: Uh, the re- repertory players were uh, the only ones I remember. W- Willie Bobo. Willie Bobo, who, who was a, a kind of a jazz dude, played bongos and percussion. <clears throat> Tim Thomerson. Again, Thomerson. Tim Thomerson, uh, and let's see, uh, a girl that was in po- the, the black girl in, in police academy. I can't remember her oh, name. Marcia Warfield. No, not more Mar- no, Marshall,
1: Marshall Warfield. There was uh, one who died recently.
2: Oh, I'll have to
1: look oh, it I up. Who I think it's the one that would was screaming all the time.
2: Oh God, I hope it wasn't her. We'll look it up. But then oh, in seventy seven, if I have the year right, the next year, you and your partner in Crime Letterman show up on the Starland Vocal Band.
3: Yeah, I, I <laughs> thought it Serious. I thought it was time to end the career after a couple of years, so I, I signed on. <laughs>
1: And for those of you who don't know them, star rockets in flight, afternoon <laughs> delight, afternoon delight. See, thinking of you waking up an appetite, looking forward to a little afternoon, afternoon delight, delight. Rubbing, rubbing sticks and stones, and stones together, together make the sparks ignite, and the thought of loving you is so exciting. Star rockets in flight. <laughs> Afternoon. <laughs> I,
2: I wish the fans Gil, could Gilbert, see Jeff's face.
3: Gil- Gilbert, Gilbert, <laughs> Gilbert is, that, is that from memory?
2: Yes. Fantastic. Yeah. It wouldn't be Gilbert if he didn't fuck up the lyrics, though. It's skyrocketed. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter.
3: I couldn't any more sing that song than I could watch a large dog defecate, man. That's just
0: unbelievable. <clears throat>
2: <laughs> what did Dave like to say? You and him together put the Starland Vocal Band out of show out business.
3: Out of business. Out of business. Wrapped up their career.
1: And back in those days, though. You could be a, a group that had what your one hit song, and that was good enough. They'd give you a show.
2: Yeah, that's what CBS did. Well, they gave did. the Captain and Tennille a show. Yeah, on on a on a hit song. Do you know that I opened for the Captain and Tennille for a long period of time? Tell us about them. Daryl uh, seems like he was a strange a strange cat.
3: The the only conversation I had with uh, uh, Daryl Dragon that was really. Uh, uh, Of consequence, we were riding in the back of the limousine from Salt Lake City to, I think, Provo to do a show. And uh, he told me that he said, You know, he looked over, he hadn't said anything, and he looked over and he goes, You know, Brian Wilson was a genius.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I just.
1: Do you remember Tony Tanial's talk show?
3: Not,
2: not very well. No, I don't even no. remember Tony. T- Tony Tanial
3: yes. had a talk show. They
1: gave her her own talk show. Yes, it's that's as right. Good as I know she found. had
3: one. I don't remember it, but I, yeah. I know she had one.
1: I don't think she remembers it.
2: <laughs> so she had a so she had a variety series and a talk show.
3: Yeah. Uh, I think the captain uh, took the easy way out and croaked. He's he's gone. Not too long ago. He's gone. Yeah, Yeah. he's gone. He was a very nice guy, actually. I shouldn't say that about him. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Everybody had a variety show then. Remember Shields and Yarnell, the mimes? Oh, my gosh. They had a variety show.
1: And and they were funny, but uh, there was um, Burns and Schreiber. Burns and Schreiber. They had, you know, their one taxicab routine that was very funny. Yeah. Just lost and they Jack gave Burns. them their own show, and then they were tr- really trying to squeeze stuff out of them. So they made it like uh, the taxicab throughout history. <laughs> and-, <laughs> <laughs> and it would be an ancient Rome. <laughs> and-
2: <laughs> You know, you know what's funny? We talk Jeff, even on bad shows there's always a ton of talent. That's, you know, I wrote a horrible you, sitcom once that was canceled in 5 weeks and everybody on the show was talented. You know, on 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 uh, Pink Lady and Jeff, you had all this talent. The, the musical guests were great, Teddy Pendergrass, Blondie, Roy Orbison for Christ's sakes. On the Starland vocal band, you had you and Letterman and the guys from Fireside Theater. Yes. Uh, I mean, and, b- 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 brilliant comedians.
3: Well, uh, you can leave me out of this conversation, but uh, I um, include you. Thank <laughs> you, but uh, <laughs> uh, c- certainly the, fi- the guys in the, from the Firesign Theater were pretty, you know, pretty solid. And, and there was another guy that was on the show uh, who, who was from uh, Washington D.C. and he was he was the, the big political. C- c- uh,
2: oh, Mark Russell. C-
3: Mark Russell. Right. That's exactly. So it was Mark Russell, the Firesign Theater, me and Dave, and and you
2: cast it well.
3: Nah, uh, it was strange. It was very strange. We spent all our time in D.C. and Georgetown.
2: Who, who else did you open since you're bringing up opening for Captain and Tennille in your long career? What other oddball characters did you open for?
3: Ah, uh, man, lo- Any, lots anybody, of them. Anybody,
2: anybody you can talk about?
3: Well, yeah, Smokey Robinson.
2: Oh, that's a great name.
3: I I stood up, and just before I I was finished, when I finished doing an opening for one of the nights there, uh, two of my best friends were in the audience, and it was about an 800-seat room. It was huge. It was in Atlantic City somewhere, and um, I introduced them as astronauts, and they, they stood up and held hands, took a bow. And and one of them is kind of fat. And so the next day, somebody came up to Joe when he was checking out at the uh, my friend Joe Reagan it was checking out at the uh, you know checkout, and uh, somebody said, uh, "Can can can astronauts really be fat like you?" <laughs> he said, "Oh yeah, doesn't doesn't matter doesn't matter how much you weigh to be an astronaut."
2: <laughs> who else did you open for? What other singers?
3: Oh God, uh, oh geez, who? who um, um, I'm going blank, Frank. I'm going and, blank. And, and, Tom
2: Jones, anybody like that?
3: No, no nobody like that. Uh, uh, what was her name? She had a very rich husband that made made her whole career.
2: Pia Not, Zadora. Uh,
3: Pia Zadora was I open for? I believe. That's cool. Yeah, and and uh, who else that I? That's a good for? bill.
2: Jeff Altman and Pia Zadora, Gil. <laughs> Boy,
3: talk about solid.
2: Here's a, here's a legendary name, Jeff. Tell us about your friendship with the great buddy Rich.
3: Oh, geez. Uh, and then we want hmm. to
2: ask you about your knowledge of the infamous Buddy Rich tape. Oh, sure. Yeah.
3: Tapes. Tapes, Tapes, twirl. tapes, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I started, uh, I met Buddy Rich when I was 15. My father took me to a place called Basin Street East in New York City, 1966. The Buddy Rich band opened with Dusty Springfield. Wow. And I was a sophomore in high school, and I... Uh, I had seen lots of drummers and thought I knew a lot about drumming and then I saw Buddy Rich play and I thought to myself this 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 man comes from heaven. And uh <clears throat> years and years later when I got into show business, uh he did a special at the Comedy Store and uh it was the uh, I was the the guest star of the show or something and and it was the Comedy Store with J- Buddy Rich band and special guest Jeff Altman, something mm-hmm. like that. Mhm. And we got to be friends, and uh, I, I even held his hand in the hospital right before he died. Oh wow! Y- yeah, I mean he was—he uh, he was from another world, man. He was—he uh, was something else. But boy, did he have a temper!
2: Well, that's what you hear about him—that he like <laughs> like Jack Carter. He did not suffer fools.
3: I mean, I, I remember uh, parts of the tapes where where he's talking to some guy on the bus, and he goes, "Hey, you want to start some shit with me?" And the guy goes, I definitely not. He he goes, you seem to be giving me more shit than anybody else. Listen, you want to try something else? I'll give you a right hand to the fucking brain if you want it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's it,
2: that's it. You stand out here all fucking night trying to blow your fucking brains out and it comes time to
3: play. What do you play, clams? you got nowhere to fucking go the next day, because if I hear one fucking clam from anybody, you've had it! One clam, and this whole fucking band is through tonight! Try me! you got some fucking nerve, nights off, nothing to do, and you're coming to play this kind of shit for
2: me? Fuck all of you! You're not doing me any fucking favors, you're breaking my heart up there! i got to go up there and be embarrassed by you motherfuckers. I've played with the greatest fucking musicians in the world. How dare you play like that for me? How dare you try to play like that for me? Assholes. Did you see that anger uh, 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 firsthand? <laughs> yeah, I,
3: I saw him get uh, get upset sometimes, but uh, uh, no, never luckily at me. And uh, we, we got to be very, very, I was almost like kind of a, a, a nephew to him, sort of. Oh,
0: that's and, nice. And,
3: yeah, and and by the end of his life, we were real close. And uh, when he when he died, I, I was very sad, missing him, seeing him play. You know, he just what, what regardless of what you thought about him as a human being, his playing was the you know the best I've ever seen.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
2: What about uh? Here's I'm gonna jog your memory. You did a movie called Doing Time with one of Gilbert's favorite actors, Richard Mulligan.
1: Oh. <laughs> Who starred in the show The Hero?
2: Very good, Gil. I bring yeah, it up because it. Pat McCormick was in it. Did you have any dealings with Pat McCormick? Uh,
3: yeah, I knew Pat a little bit. Not little not bit? real well, yeah. but uh he was in it. He played uh, one of the, one of the wardens, I think. Right, it's a prison movie. Yeah, it was it was a it was, a, it was a me in prison. It was the right. only film I, I I ever starred in and 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 and, and man that just about closed the, the 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 scene on my on my uh, life. That, that that was it wasn't not <laughs> you a You went great into film. movie jail,
2: as they say. <laughs> what, any memories of Pat before we ask you about someone else who's in that movie, and that's Muhammad Ali?
3: Oh man, that, that was uh, I, I was responsible for getting him in that movie to some degree, and that was just when he started losing it a little bit. Mm-hmm. J- it was see, it was nineteen eighty three. Uh 80, i I'd have to check. That's all right, don't worry about it. it, it eighty three, I think. And and uh, he 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 brought the reason he did the
2: movie was eighty five released. Really? Yeah. Huh. M- might have been shot in eighty-three.
3: Possibly. Anyway, uh it was it was Drew Bundini Brown. Remember Drew sure, Bundini of Brown? Course. He always yeah. massaged his yeah, head. Yeah. <laughs> and, I remember Bundini. He, and Bundini was going to be in the film with Muhammad Ali, and I think the only reason Muhammad Ali did it was to be get his buddy Drew Bundini Brown in the movie. So they did it, and they did their famous little "Float like a butterfly, stand like a bee." Rumble, young man, rumble.
2: Ah, <laughs> that's nice. Did you go up to his room and show him a card trick?
3: That's that was a whole different. That was a different. I was in New York doing Letterman. Oh, a, a whole different, different experience with him. And some and, and somebody uh, uh, said, yeah, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali's in room two thirty-five. So I got a deck of cards. I got a pack of playing cards, and I, I made a big fan of cards. And and I, I I knocked on the door, and I said, "Hi, champ. It's me. Look at this." And he said, "Come on in." <laughs> He was sitting on a bed That's with great. his legs sprawled. He took up the entire bed. I think it was a king-sized bed. He took up the whole bed. And he was sitting there doing tricks for someone named Jim. And he would put a handkerchief into his hand. And he'd say, now look, Jim, you're a smart guy. Watch, look, gone. And the handkerchief disappeared. Well, as I looked, kept looking over at Jim, I noticed it was jim brown the world's greatest football player wow and 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 it was i just couldn't and and all jim brown kept saying is yeah looks good champ looks good <laughs> and, and 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 the very next second muhammad would do it again he'd go now nah, you're a smart guy jim i'm gonna do it for you one more time look gone and jim would go great champ great looks great <laughs>
2: Great, greatest <laughs> running back of all time.
3: Greatest <laughs> running back of all from Syracuse, New York. Yes, Syracuse. Went to Syracuse. And I think I went up to him and told him I was from Syracuse, and then he said something nice like, get the fuck out of here or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he Here's... was in that movie. This, this was a movie controversial in its time with Raquel Welch called A Hundred Rifles.
2: Oh, yes. I don't remember. He's that. In, I, isn't he in the Dirty Dozen, Jim Brown? Yes.
1: Oh, yeah. yes, yes.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. He had a He had a, movie
2: I... career. He had a serious
3: movie career. Uh, Hundred Rifles. How yeah. do you remember that, Gilbert?
2: <laughs> <laughs> How does he remember if... the lyrics to Scott to Skyrockets in Flight? Gee,
3: <laughs> that put if... me on the floor.
2: Uh... Here's another question from a listener for you, Jeff, from Greg Anderson. I would love to hear Jeff tell us anything about Legends of the Superheroes, where you worked with Adam West and Burt Ward and Sahana Barbera production. <clears throat> I remember so little about that
3: show They, because they, they, I, I, did, I, I didn't know who the superhero was. I was uh-huh. the weather wizard.
2: That's right. Have you ever heard of the Weather Wizard? Well, gonna, a, my inner nerd is going to be revealed here. Yes, he was a villain of the Flash, an, an arch villain in, in the uh, Flash, the Flash comics. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, I, I had
3: never heard of him, but I was certainly willing to play him for whatever whatever they were offering me to do this special that took a week, and uh, <clears throat> I just remember wanting to get the hell out of there, and I did. I did. <laughs> I did a scene with I did a scene with Adam West and I think Robin.
2: Yeah, I believe uh, so. I was we were a used car sale selling, pretending to be a car salesman.
3: That's exactly right. I was selling right. him a used car. Right. as As the weather wizard, but I was dressed in in, in street clothes. Right. And it was it was uh, it was pretty pretty funny. And of course, he was you know he was uh, always you know Adam West was always just right in 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 that groove, you know
2: we had him here. Well, uh, th- also notable for some again great comedic talent because because on that stage with you was Howard Morris, yep. Frank Gorshin, yep. And who am I leaving out? Charlie Callis. Oh. <clears throat>
3: talking about uh, uh talking about uh making people laugh. Uh, Charlie Callis came on, on on the show cause that I did in 76 and and did did, did a little spot and at one point he turned to us and, and and just had spit running down the side of his face and he turned around and went, Ugh. and Commerce and I smacked heads we were laughing so hard.
0: He just he just
3: went into this sort of epilepsy of some sort and, and, and I hit the dirt, man.
1: I remember being on a flight from LA to New York and I was sitting in coach and this Uh, a stewardess, like she was Chinese, she comes over to me and she goes, oh, uh, she recognized me and she goes, Chowry Karras is uh, is on the plane. Uh, You should say hello to him. And I said...
2: (laughs) "I skill. And I
1: said, well, I I never really met him. I don't know him. And she disappears for like five minutes, comes back and goes, Chowry says... Tell God we get his fucking ass up here <laughs>
3: <laughs> did, did
1: did you get your ass up there yes and and that's the so he was he was just entertaining he made like a six hour flight go by in five minutes. He was so yeah. funny
3: yeah he was a very funny guy
1: and then mm. we're walking mm. to uh luggage together. And uh, he says, so, you know, where are you from? And I said, Brooklyn. And he said, yeah, me too. He goes, you know, uh, you play with your friends, you tell them jokes and they laugh and say, you should be on TV. And the first time you get on stage, it's the greatest feeling in the world when you get that laugh. And he goes, then one day you wake up and go, I'm not funny anymore. Ah. And I thought, Mm. oh my God.
3: Wow. Yes. I woke up on Pink Lady and Jeff, and uh,
0: <laughs>
2: here's another one from a listener, Jeff Ray Garton, uh, Mister Altman. Uh, do you have any idea how many young idiots like myself were going around in the '80s saying to anyone, butt steak, he high, sweet and meaty. There were a lot of us. <laughs> uh, where I've always wondered where that came from and how you managed to make it so goddamn funny. Uh,
3: I was in Chicago uh, once. It, it, there's a very famous steakhouse in Chicago. I can't remember the name of it right now. Um, 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 the Chop House, I think it's called. Uh, the Chop House in Chicago. And I, I, I was looking at the menu, and at the bottom of the menu is, is butt steak. And... I, <laughs> I didn't know what it was, but I, I I made a mental note of that. And one night I'm having dinner with Letterman, and I said, "You know, Dave, we don't have to be sitting here having this kind of food. We could go out and get ourselves a nice butt steak, big and good, hot and spicy, sweet and meaty." And and for some reason I start started doing this on stage, and people kind of enjoyed it, and so I kept doing it. It was just stupid. <laughs>
2: The, what would you would call it? Maybe for lack of a better term, anti-comedy that you used to do on Dave. Do you have any recollection of doing this elaborate bit about a guy in clown makeup that turned out to be Julio Iglesias? Well, I, <laughs> it's I, one of my favorites because <laughs> <laughs> he's with you all the way.
3: <laughs> yeah, well, I used to do this this thing on Letterman where I would go on and tell a story. And it would wind up being some odd celebrity, and then I, in some cases, would show videotape that I had shot of, of the of the celebrity himself uh, c- confirming the story. And uh, uh, the person you just mentioned was one of those people. But That's I did great. one. I did one with Chuck Connors once as the Rifleman,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I. I, I
3: I told this I sat down on Letterman and I said, you know, I was I was at this uh this place uptown called uh, Bob's Uptown Rubdown and you go in there to get a massage and while I'm getting a massage I hear this guy next to me, I, there's curtains in between and he's saying, "Hey, hey. Didn't I tell you don't touch the rifle?" And I hear this dog barking. <laughs> and and as it, it, I keep getting the massage and I still keep hearing next door Hey, don't touch the rifle, I told you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And
3: so (laughs) I see the guy walking out, and I said, it was Chuck Connors. And, of course, the audience sits there going, what the fuck? (laughs) <laughs> they
2: love that stuff.
3: <laughs> then I got Chuck Connors to come and film the whole thing, great, con- confirming the story. And he was dressed up as the rifleman, did the spin of the gun, a few shots off, and he had a dog with him, and who, who it was my dog, who we called Micah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I will urge our listeners to go on YouTube, watch the Jeff. I don't, I didn't find the Chuck Connors thing. It may be on there. But, uh, but find the, the Julio Iglesias bit with Dave because it's oh. just, you guys were a great team. I mean, he was, he, you know, he was a great straight man for you.
3: Yeah, he was, he's a great guy.
2: Yeah. He's a really good Here's guy. Here's another one from Sean Gall- Gallagher. This is not so much a question, but I went out and bought Jeff's album, I, uh, I'll Flip You Like a Cheese Omelette. Uh, I loved it. Uh, I figured out a way to tape his Showtime specials off cable. There you go. Any appearance he made on Comedy Channel when it was a clip-oriented show was what I hungered for. Uh, I'm not sure he had the most influence on my sense of humor, but nobody had more. I want to, ma- I want to thank him for a lifetime of making me laugh.
3: Oh, that's very nice. Thank you, but, sir.
2: Very, very sweet. Very, very yeah, sweet. sure is. And uh, you did that for a lot of people. I heard you talking about Rodney, uh, and I'm sure both of you guys have your Rodney stories, but you said nobody could turn a room over faster than rodney can can you explain
3: well you know it it, it takes everybody i mean i think gilbert would agree uh that that it takes uh, you know you got to get well you you not so much gilbert but but for somebody like myself it it takes a while to get get going you know you got to get the audience with you you got to try to open strong and then have a reasonable middle and a strong ending and uh uh but Rodney could get up on stage, and in within two minutes, the audience was convulsed. I mean, I saw him <laughs> go into the comedy store one night and just turn them a new asshole. You know, he was he was as fast at getting laughs as anyone I ever saw. You know, if he was... Especially because he was a, such a celebrity, you know?
1: I remember one time seeing Rodney on stage at Catch a Rising Star. And it was one of the few times, like... Uh, He wasn't getting any laughs. Uh And Rodney just stops and looks at the audience angrily and goes, hey, if anybody tells you you're a hot crowd, you spit in their face, okay? (laughs) (laughs) This is from another listener,
2: Maurice Chodash. Uh, Rodney had you on one of his stand-up specials in the 80s. Could Jeff tell us a personal Rodney story of any kind? any 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 uh, funny Rodney offstage anecdote that comes to mind? Let me think. Did you always would, see him with the robe open? like
3: uh, yes, yeah. and,
2: and I took a picture actually of him and he,
3: he had these little black socks that would come up just above his ankle and and, and I, I I have a my, my friend that I mentioned earlier, Joe Reagan, who was in still in Syracuse, New York. Uh, <laughs> uh, we used to, We used to refer to socks like that as Dieter's. And and I took a picture of, of Rodney's socks and sent them to him and made him laugh for a couple of years. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and a- any See. other ba- uh, memorable backstage moments with Rodney?
3: Well, he would always come in the comedy store when Sam Kennison was hot. He became yep. very friendly with Sam. And he, all, you, all he would do is come in the store and go, Hey, I'll tell you, you seen Sam? Where's Sam? Okay. <laughs> is Sam around? Where's Sam?
2: That's a good impression.
3: (laughs) Has Sam got a gun tonight? I need a gun, you know?
1: (laughs) I remember it was actually on Back by Midnight where he came up to me and he said, you know, hey, thank you for doing the movie. And I said, oh, thank you. And he goes, so are you working now? And I said, no, I think it's a lunch break. And he says, well, come to my trailer. We'll sit and bullshit. And I go to the trailer, and he—I'm watching him eat, and the food is like all over his face. It, it's like I don't think any was in his mouth. It's all over his chin and shirt and everything. And then he picks up a piece of bread and wipes his face with the bread, and then takes a bite out of the bread. <laughs>
3: He ate his napkin.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Oh,
2: my God. That's so funny. (laughs) Two legends you work with, too, in the store, Jeff. uh, Andy Kaufman and Robin. And Robin, you did a Mark and Mindy episode with, and you got to know Robin.
3: Sure. I didn't know I didn't know Andy Kaufman, believe it or not.
2: Oh, you didn't uh, know Andy Kaufman?
3: No, I didn't. I didn't know Andy, and uh, but I knew Robin very well, and uh, we we in fact, my daughter uh, who lives in New York is uh, sent me a picture a couple of weeks ago of Robin and I on stage with our shirts off in like 1975. <laughs> and it was just so strange to see <laughs> Robin's got his shirt off I've got my shirt off, and we're standing on stage at the comedy store, getting probably very little laughs,
2: <laughs> T- Tell us your memories of 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 spending time with him just uh you know uh, you
3: would would i I would always go up to him and try to do something strange or funny or you know and and he would play right along, he would just jump in and uh, i mean he was like no no, nobody else uh, he was his own Catman, he was, you know, he, he, he was a genius. He, he you know, he, he, you, you can argue whether or not some of that came, a lot of that came from Jonathan, <clears throat> but, and who was funnier,
2: but. Do, do you know Jonathan as well? Did you get to know him?
3: I did a special with him for Showtime, Jonathan, mm-hmm. and uh, we had dinner the night before. It was myself. Do you remember a comedian, Gilbert, named uh, Franklin Ajai?
1: Oh, yes. Oh, sure. Yes. He's still around.
3: He's in. What, he's in what Australia.
1: What He was a regular on uh, some show.
2: Yeah, The Associates. Maybe. He's around. He turned up in yeah. Bridesmaids a few years ago.
0: Big that's over. right. Yeah, he's That's
3: around. right. Yeah. He, he's around. But he's he's in he's in Australia. He lives in, in Australia he's now. He's in car wash Jeez. too. He's in. That's right. He was
2: one yeah. of the stars of car wash. Funny guy. Funny guy.
3: Yeah. Uh, he and I had dinner with Jonathan Winters, and we we. Talked afterwards, and we said, "I did not clearly did not understand fifty percent of what he said." <laughs> <laughs> Just, you know, uh,
0: you, you,
3: Frank, in, engage me for a second in conversation. Just, sure, I, sir. I'll be, I'll be Jonathan Winters. You engage me, and, and I'll give you a little taste of what Jonathan would do.
2: Right. Okay. So so, say, so Jeff, so uh, uh, you, your daughter lives in New York City these days. I understand. yeah
3: you know the daughter lives in New York City but uh it's you know it's not like Taipei, man it's not like the Mekong Delta, you know <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: and you're,
3: just, you're just gone you know you don't know what to say I and so he that. asked he asked Franklin at one point and this is the only time I ever saw Jonathan Winters. I wrote this to Franklin not long ago. Because <laughs> we still correspond, uh, he, he asked uh, Franklin where he was from, and Franklin turned to him. He said, uh, "From France," and and that that stopped Jonathan right in his tracks. And he goes, "Oh, France! Yeah, a lot la, of parlez-vous." <laughs> mm.
2: <laughs> That's
3: great.
1: I great impressions, I, Jeff. I met Jonathan Winters once. Really? And he, he Yeah, and he told me that his father used to warn him. He'd say, you know, save your money, save all your money, and don't, don't get involved with women. Don't get uh, crazy with women. And and he and Jonathan says, um, Ah, so now I have no money. And then he points to his crotch and goes. And Mr. Pencil's not working anymore. (laughs) (laughs) We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this.
2: All right, before we get out of here, Jeff, my God, you have entertained us. Oh, man. You did a movie with the late, great, we lost him recently, Sean Connery. Yes,
3: yes. I did.
2: You played a doctor, if I if I'm uh, if I'm not mistaken. So you fulfilled Uh, your dad's dream for you. Yeah, wanted you to be a doctor.
3: That's right. Uh, uh, I I, they flew me to Buenos Aires, and I was in the uh, Highlander Part Two, and uh, I I got to uh, faint into into Sean Connery's arms. Uh, The the scene is Sean Connery uh, is in a car with the the the, uh, co-star of the movie, who was some French guy. I can't remember his name.
2: Oh, Uh, uh, Christopher Lambert. Christopher Lambert. Yes.
0: And
3: he's in the car and they get shot. The car is shot like maybe 180 times. There's 180 bullets in the car and they get out of the car. And of course, because they're uh, super endowed with, uh, you know, uh, they can't be killed. They get right. out of the car <laughs> and after I've examined them and they walk towards me and I said, uh, wait a minute, what, just a second. And I asked the director before I fainted, if I could just scream the name Larry for no reason. <laughs> 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 and, and you let me do it so what you see in the film is you see me going wait what do you mean i, I can't uh
2: larry and and the scene ended hilarious
0: <laughs>
2: i mean was it a was it a thriller kid from syracuse is meeting sean sean connery and working hey, with him a, let me tell and you something with a, him. It,
3: It was, uh, I got to, I asked if I could spend a little time with him and I I got to spend about maybe 15 minutes in his dressing room talking to him. And I I was one of the biggest James Bond fans of all time when I was a kid. And uh, I mean, if not, if not the biggest, and I I asked him some questions about, you know, this was long after James Bond was dead in his mind, but uh, I asked him some questions about what his favorite film was. What do you think his favorite film was?
2: Mm, Gil? No.
3: From from Russia, just... from Russia with love, we have a winner, ladies and gentlemen.
2: I heard him in a radio interview, yeah. and they said, "Who was the biggest James Bond? Who was the greatest James Bond villain?" And he said, "Cubby Broccoli." <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's great. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, I always like to name a uh, Jewish Bond villains, so I have two of them. Of course, Joseph Wiseman. Oh, was Dr. No. Yeah. And Yafid Koto was Jewish. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we just
2: lost him, too.
1: And Jewish Bond villains. Uh, no, Jewish Bond girls. Uh, there was uh, Barbara Bach. Yeah. Uh, Stephanie Seymour.
2: Jane Seymour.
1: Oh, Jane Seymour. Uh, Stephanie's the model. Uh, Jane Seymour. And uh, what's her name? Also, just died recently. Um, oh, Tanya oh Roberts.
2: Tanya, Tanya Roberts. Roberts. Right. And yeah, Molly Peca- and Molly Pecan.
1: <laughs> Yes.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Gilbert, do you, do you remember the night you you went on? It was it was uh it wasn't really a roast. It was at the comedy store. Yeah. I was sitting in the audience. It was for Richard Pryor.
1: Yes. Yes. You were
3: you were so fucking funny that night. I'll never forget
1: that. Oh, do, thank you. Do you remember what you did? I, I think I went up and said, I loved this man when he was Dr. Huxtable. <laughs> <laughs> and, and when he used to when Richard would go on stage and go, Hey, 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 I'm Fred Albert. I, he was terrific. And, and he was so great with Robert Culp and I. That was it? Yes.
2: It was fantastic. Oh, well, it was fantastic. Been, well, I would have loved to be there. But, but Richard was nice to you. Richard liked Gilbert. I'm yes. sure he did. Yeah, he was very warm I, to him. You know, I did... Richard oh,
3: Richard liked people Richard liked people who were funny, and, and if you were funny, you were you were probably on his good side, and that explains your relationship with
2: Richard. That's where you yeah, wanted to be.
3: I,
1: I was uh I, I didn't even make it to the final cut. It was a terrible picture called uh, Another You with Gene mm. Wilder and Richard Pryor. It was their last film together.
3: Was it in was it in New York?
1: Uh, yes, yes, with, uh, with, um, uh, 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 Peter Bogdanovich was directing. Yeah, now, now, do you remember a guy named Paul Mooney being around? Yes, yes, I remember him, yeah, he was always at the comedy store. Yes, that's right, that's right. And, but I remember, I showed up for work on the set of that movie, and Richard Pryor came up to me, and he acted like he was a little kid, meaning, like, uh, the biggest star of his life. And he knew everything that I did. It sure. was so great working well, with him.
2: Sure. I believe that. <laughs> that's yeah. If you were funny, he loved you. Yeah. Before we get out of here, Jeff, any other old timers that you, because I love the Jack Carter story. And now that's going to be a staple <laughs> on this show. Smoke a lot, lady. Smoke and smoke a lot. And what about Rickles? What about red Fox? Uh, uh, Uncle Milty? Any of these people cross your paths? Uh, J- I crossed Jack- Jackie with, Vernon. Uh, any of them?
3: Uh, I crossed paths with Uncle Milty, and uh, he, he, I, I, I he he was on the that Cosby show. I told you he came on. Oh, Cosby, right? Yeah, Cos And um, uh, I went up to him and I said, "I'm Jeff Altman. My my uncle was Al Altman with MGM." And all he said was, "Oh, oh, cod tricks, cod tricks, cod tricks." <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. I was going. <laughs> You you mentioned one other person that I had. I had. I uh, said Red uh,
2: Fox, Jackie Vernon, Rickles. Rickles. Rickles was uh, uh, having
3: dinner at Dantana's one night, and I was in Dantana's for for absolutely no damn reason. And and uh, uh, I sent him over. uh, Oh no, no! I I looked over at the table and I waved and I, I said, "You know, you know that hockey puck thing you do? That hockey puck thing." I said, "That's mine." I said, the hockey puck thing is mine. <laughs> and, and he said, "He said, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're you uh, Altman, Altman. I've seen you Altman, yes. And and we went over and talked for a little while. Just such a nice man. How
2: uh, nice. See, meeting, meeting your heroes works
3: out on occasion. Boy, you're not kidding. And he was one of them. That's yeah, great. They,
1: they say, you know, his whole image was like this mean... Yeah, insulting guy. But the people who met him said he was one of the sweetest guys you can meet. I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a nice guy.
2: <laughs> Jeff, you worked with everybody. You met everybody. You did everything, and you're gonna. We're gonna use that Uncle Milty story as a segue for you to to show us a trick before you get out of here.
1: And you wow. never saw Milton Berle's Steak, did you? <laughs>
3: <laughs> not to my, not to my, no,
2: I, we, 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 we. I, think he'd have remembered.
3: I don't think so. Have you, no, have you seen it? No, I no we've wish had people on God. the show who
2: claim they saw
3: it.
1: We've had about five guests who've seen Milton Berle's because he would proudly show it to them. <laughs> That's right.
3: I hear, at any opportunity, he would just lick, the, you know, just take out his lob and say, here it
2: is. <laughs> his lob. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Jeff's got a deck of cards. This is an, this is an, uh, an audio medium, but we're going to do our best. All right. Let's see. Uh, Gilbert, here's what I'd like you to do,
3: my friend. Uh, okay. Think, just think, of any card in the deck. Can you see the back of this card? Uh, yes. I'm going to describe... I'm, holding, I'm, only, I'm only holding... I'm only holding one card. Right, I and want he's holding you to, the
2: back. Gilbert can only see the back.
3: Okay. Good. I want you to just think, Gilbert,
0: yeah. of
3: any card in the deck. Yes. And it could mean... This card could mean something to you. It might represent yourself. It might represent one of your kids. I don't know. But th- name any card in the deck.
1: Okay. Uh, ace of spades.
3: Except for the ace of spades. That's the card that's most... <laughs> I meant to tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Not the
0: ace of (laughs) spades. Everybody says the ace of spades.
3: (laughs) I am not holding the ace of spades. Uh, Any other
1: other card uh, in the deck? uh, Okay, king of hearts.
3: No, I said the jack of jack of jack of spades. I mean, what do you think? What do you think this is? I'm Jesus Christ, you know. I... <laughs>
0: uh,
3: the Ace of Spades. That's great. You named the Ace of Spades.
2: Uh, I will say that Jeff, when we were doing the tech rehearsal on this, so that the tech run through the other I day, I did an
3: actual trick.
2: Jeff did a trick that knocked my socks off. Uh, that was that was terrific, and I and I don't know how he did it, and I won't ask. But it was very, okay. it was very very impressive. You are a funny man, Altman.
3: Well, you're sitting—you're sitting in the same city with one of the very funniest men that ever lived. So, and I'm who's talking that? about who's that? That's, that would be Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, no, he's in Boca. I'm in New York. <laughs> oh my God, that's right. You're in Boca.
1: Holy crap, a mighty. Yeah. Crap, holy crap, almighty was a movie I was in. <laughs> another,
0: another,
2: another Harry Basil movie.
1: <laughs> that was one of my better films. Holy crap, almighty. <laughs>
2: Jeff, we could play with you all day and night. I want to thank a couple of people, Gino Salamone, who Gilbert loves to thank, <laughs> and loves to mention. You were on an episode of Up All Night in 1991. How did you guys not work together on that? I, I don't know. Must have been Ronda Sheer. You presented a movie called Vampires on Bikini Beach. Interesting. That's what that was on your IMDb page. We also really? want to thank Trent Mabry, who connected you to Gino, and uh, we are so glad we we had you here. You are. Terrific guest.
3: Well, it's a it really is a, is a huge uh, uh, compliment to me to be invited on the show, and I, I, I had a great time.
2: Even if you never saw Uncle Milty Schwang, what did you say? His lob?
3: <laughs> <laughs> nineteen. That was popular in nineteen sixty two. Take out your lob.
2: <laughs> How about William F. Buckley? Do you do a great Buckley?
3: Uh, this is William F. Buckley Jr. Uh, uh, let me just say, uh, you've been called a Neolithic moderate, a pragmatic moralist, and a semi lucid perpetrator of left wing mediocrity.
0: <laughs> That's
2: great. That's great. <laughs> I haven't done this stuff in years. I know. It's like old home week. All right, Gil. We could talk to you all day hmm. about these old comics and about magic and about all this wonderful stuff. Gilbert, well, it was so great to
3: be with you, man. Thank oh, you. Oh,
1: It's great being with you. Name Thank one you. other podcast
2: that's talking about Sorrel Book and Carl Ballantyne. I dare you. Zero Zotes. And by the way, the story you told about the, the comic with the spine injury you couldn't remember his name. by any chance was it Art Matrano? It certainly was.
1: Oh wow. We had him on We the had him show. here.
2: W- was he when was he on? 2015, 2016. We had Is him. he here. alive? Yes, he's with us oh, still. Good.
3: Good, great. He's a very sweet guy.
2: And we had Bill Saluga here. Oh, my gosh. Ray J. Johnson.
3: (laughs) I I always loved it when he called, you can call me Ray, you can call me, and then out of nowhere, or you can call me Sonny.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And the thing we love about both of those guys is they found one thing that worked and built a lifetime out of
2: it. And that means we got to get Don Novello.
1: Oh, yes, yes.
2: <laughs> Jeff, this was an absolute treat for us. And our our, our listeners will eat it up.
3: I hope this, so.
1: This has been Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast with my co-host Frank Santopadre. And uh, we've been interviewing the hysterically funny Jeff Holt.
2: The best. Thank you, Jeff.
0: Can make a lot of love and fall the sun gone down. Breaking of his working up my appetite. Looking forward to a little afternoon delight. Rubbing sticks and stones together make a spark to ignite. And the thought of rubbing you is getting so exciting. Sky rockets in flight. Afternoon delight.